Welcome, Dreadfuls, to another episode of Left for Dread. Woo! So, uh, <laughs> it's been a while. I mean, it's uh, not for you guys. Not for you guys, but it's been a while for us. So we're like yeah, a little loopy. It's awesome. It's great. Um, so welcome back, and we have a Shutter exclusive episode. Another yes. Shutter exclusive. Yes. I yes. know, Shutter. Shutter, you're awesome. Hint, hint, wink, wink, sponsor. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Shout out to Shudder for Channel Zero Season 2 dropping earlier this week or last week. I think it was last mm. week. Woo! Yay! So, so good. good. Um, so yeah, we uh, decided to do another Shudder exclusive episode because we enjoyed uh, Prevenge. Uh, so much, uh, both watching and recording that episode. So we're doing that again. And Ryan, what are we watching? Or what did what did we watch? So today we're going to be talking about the Shutter exclusive Ruin Me, which I think only just recently came onto their uh, onto their roster. I think about la- I think it was last week. Ruin Me happened. Um, anyway, it's a, it's an August Shutter exclusive. They might keep it on for longer. I don't know. Some of their monthly ones are exactly that monthly. So I don't, I think this is one of those. So for the rest of the month of August, uh, if you're looking for something to watch, um, watch this. I do have an addendum to that, but I will get to that later because I had some feelings about this movie. Yes. I always do. Yes. Express those feelings. Oh, Um, I will. Oh, with great, <laughs> okay. with great. I, I have some feelings intent. too. <laughs> I have some feelings about this. So, um, we part. Well, part of the reason why, like Chris said, like we wanted to do another Shutter exclusive is because we really enjoyed doing it the first time. But in all honesty, like I would do nothing but all of the movies that Shudder has on their roster from start to finish, but I do think that's just a tad bit unfair to the rest of the horror movies in the world that they don't have, like, on their app and on their site, so we're not gonna do that, but we will try to sprinkle more of these in as an episode, maybe later on the line we'll get into bonus episodes and that might become a thing, we'll see. And and not just limiting limiting it to Shutter. I know like Netflix has exclusive horror stuff. Um, I've been hearing so much buzz about um, the viral YouTube video for the Netflix movie the, the Nun. I actually haven't seen it yet, so I should I should get on that. But oh yeah, yeah. But did you see the trailer for the Nun? Like I I, I literally like on the Facebook feed see like, a post about it. Like every other you know every other hour about how amazing like the the trailer cut is it or is so i mean okay so so here's the thing with movies like that i think that their their universes that they popped in on are fantastic so like the nun and annabelle they all came from the conjuring insidious universe and that's okay. I think they should stay there because I don't think that every baddie 
in a mo- in a horror franchise deserves their own but, spinoff. But, but Ryan, we're we're living in the the Hollywood age of the mega franchise where you got to franchise everything. So. <laughs> right, and I think, but also that is that is a genre killer. Sometimes I think, like take. Um, Okay, well, let's let's take Sharknado, for example. The people that decided... Hold on, hold on. <gasps> but Sharknado... <laughs> I, I think Sharknado can get away with it because it, it knows exactly what it's doing. And the budget, the budget is so low to begin with. <laughs> but nine movies plus the fact that they have, like... I just... Okay, I just feel like there are certain genres of movies that, like... You watch something and then it has a baddie in it and everyone's like, I want to know more about this person. So someone out there decides, well, instead of trying to find an original idea for a horror movie, let's take a baddie from an already existing universe and make a story about them. I I don't know. Will I see The Nun? It's entirely possible that I'll see it. I might not pay to see it. I might wait for it to pop up on Netflix or Hulu or Shudder. I'm just, I am not as enthused about the spinoff movies within these universes. Like, I never saw Annabelle either. Like, I already know the story of the Annabelle doll. Um, And thanks to Lore on Amazon, which I am ashamed to admit I only just recently finished, there are other, like, doll stories like that out there. Like, Aaron Mankey on Lore does a story about Robert the Doll. So, and that was probably my favorite, one of my favorite episodes. But I just, I just think that there are so many other things out there that you, like, if, knowing what I know now, if I had a choice for a doll movie, if I had to choose between Robert the Doll and Annabelle, I'm going with Robert the Doll. I mean, not, not to get, not to wax cynical about it, it's, it's still a business, and, you know, you know, companies, companies are finding success in, like, oh, let's do a spinoff, and, and, you know, with a lot of horror um, you know, budgets tend to be pretty low, so they can make a return on investment pretty easily. So, Aaron Mankey, if you're listening, please do a movie about Robert the Doll. Okay, thanks, bye. Aaron Mankey, if you're listening to us, please let us know, and we will host you on the show, because we love you. I will tweet at him, specifically because I mentioned Robert the Doll. No, I'd be too much of a chicken shit. Um. No, 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 we're, we're gonna go, we're gonna go talk to Aaron, we're gonna be a professional about it, and then we're gonna have amazing business cards and a sales pitch and a business proposal, and it'll be like X Y Z. We love you. Please, please work with us. Okay. Do you follow him on Twitter, like his personal Twitter account? Because if you don't, you just you should. Okay, I I, I will. I should. I'm 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 horribly bad at Twitter. I'm sorry, right? No, it's, no, it's fine. I just it's one of those things where it's like sometimes I'll like catch up on tweets and there will be a tweet from Aaron Mankey and I'm just like I this just made my day. Yes, thank you, Aaron. Thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. Okay, uh, I think we went on a really long. We tangent. went on a super <laughs> long tangent. Can you tell? It's been a while. Um, it's been a while. Okay, so reeling this all the way back to fuck in. We're talking about Ruin Me today, and, okay, so, I'm just, I, I have murderously intent feelings. Um, I'll be blunt, and then we can talk about the movie. Uh, this movie had a limp dick ending. Uh, That's what I'm gonna say. 
Yeah, so okay, I I agree. I think the the premise is great. Oh I my think, god, it was so great. Yeah, yeah, I I think it was like a very it's a very clever meta uh love letter to slasher movies and like the so the 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 setup was perfect. And, and the fans, the fir- I mean, oh my god. Yes, yes. And um I think like Definitely what Ryan said, like, the the third act was very weak, but, like, all the setup and, like, the first two acts were, like, really strong, and, and I was, like, I I was telling Ryan, like, uh, I was watching it, I I basically watched it today, um, I watched, like, a half hour of it, like, early this morning, and then I finished the rest of the movie while on a slow on a slow period during my work and I like the the, the beginning it, it just it set it set up like this really cool world and it set up really cool clashing personalities so you had like uh, which were yes yes they were based on tropes but I think they did it in a, in a way where it was refreshing and it created some cool character moments and and then, like the third, like, we'll we'll talk more about the third act. But then it it like it like speaking of Sharknado, it really jumped the shark w- with this weird double twist ending. And it's like I I don't know how I feel about this. I can we just rewind to the first two acts and reshoot and this, rewrite it? Yeah, that ending was a total like boner shrinker for me. I was not pleased in the slightest because okay, so let's let's start at the very beginning of the movie um a guy and his girlfriend are going to this slasher sleepaway camp thing yes uh alex alex and nathan or alexandra and nathan respectively yes and it's basically like horror movie heads who enjoy the slasher trope because who doesn't to a degree i mean i think slasher is like the most basic form of horror movies but that's not the point um they go on this like uh, it's like half it's like camping an, trip half escape room yeah like, it's like an open it's like an open adventure escape the room kind of and they set up uh they have to sign a waiver they set up a story for it there's people there who have done it before and they go through the whole thing and you're very and you have, they, they have puzzles and riddles and clues you got to you got to yeah. solve the mystery and then you got to survive and you are well aware of all of that from the beginning, and it's actually a really fucking amazing idea. Like I, I was I was blown away by that. I was like, this is cool. Would I do it? Um. Well, yeah, actually, I think I would. As much of a chicken shit as I can get during some things horror related, um, which we will get back to in a much later episode. I promise. We have that planned. Um. I. I, I think I would do something like that. Would you still do it if you signed a waiver and the 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 slasher sleep out staff actually chloroformed you? Because that's what they actually did. Say, they mentioned that in the movie. We're like, like, oh yeah, like part of part of the act was we had to chloroform this one person. Like that's not legal. It's not legal, but they also they also sign a waiver that's like. Yeah, they can touch you, but you can't touch them. Yeah, I know, but like, 
chloroform really? <laughs> I, I I know it's plot plot armor or whatever, but like I I I guess they have really good lawyers. Well, I think I think it was an exception was made for this specific group given the way the movie panned out. I think if you were to do this for real, you would have to sign a waiver basically saying like we're not liable for your psycho like your mental state after this like you're signing a waiver saying like you're not going to sue us for anything that happens to you after or during because we're no longer liable you are signing yourself over to us for 10 hours 12 hours 72 hours whatever it is um which i think is something to consider before you go in the middle of the woods with five other strangers and go reenact a slasher horror movie scenario. I would still do it, I think. Yeah, I I think I would also like lose my shit, but I think Maybe I think I, would I think one. if you were friends and it was yeah, even if you, or if if you had a good group, a good chemistry group, like I, would I feel love like it. I would have to I feel like I would have to do it with like myself and like six of my friends. Just because I would know everybody there. So I think that also adds a level of comfort to do it with like six other strangers. I feel like is a little intense for me. Just knowing one other person there like wouldn't be enough. It's it's interesting we're we're talking about this because I used to work at an escape room, and um, what you saw is uh, sometimes with escape rooms there there weren't enough people or parties to fill a full room. So let's say our smallest room was like for five or six people. Sometimes we would fill it with two groups, um, like like a group of three and a group of two. And what you saw is like they formed like mini cliques um, and like the strangers didn't really interact with each other and they didn't really work together. I saw that more often than not, especially with two different groups of 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 parties, so I could definitely see that happening in, in like a slasher sleep out real life um, analog. So I feel like I, naturally, if you're, if you're gonna do something like this, go. Um, I think people would be more comfortable. Um, that that aside, I mean, some people are more extroverted, outgoing, and they they'll like go like a fish to water. Um, but, <laughs> but who knows? It's all it's all relative. It's all subjective. But I mean, I feel like I I could run one. <gasps> And we will get to that, Ryan. We will. I feel like I, could, I, yeah, I feel like I could run one, but I don't. I'm like less enthused about like being in one, especially the way that Alex, the main protagonist, like gets involved in this. I feel like if there's that much deception involved, I, I'm not, I'm not having it. I'm not there for it. Yeah, well, Alex is a strange case because she was. This was like a long con. This is like a. This was a long con with no payoff. It really is. So and it makes me really sad because I love Shudder and I love their stuff. And I get where they were going with it. Yeah. She, okay. So, <laughs> I think we should, we should back it up for, for... Let's back it up and go back to the movie. Yeah, so um, Alex and Nathan, um, they're going to the slasher sleep out. Uh, uh, Alex, um, playing, or being a good sport, um... Because Nathan is like a, apparently a big horror fan, uh, his friend Graham um, got sick and had to drop out, and then Alex took Graham's place. So now Alex and Nathan are 
uh, joining four other in individuals for a slasher sweepout. Um, so they park in the middle of this sketchy looking parking lot and they meet a bunch of other characters who are kind of tropey uh you have like a like a, a couple that's super goth um and edgy and super into horror movies mm -hmm. and like they they're like uh career slasher sleep outers like they like, and you see that a lot with escape rooms like um uh, i i used to have people come in who were professional escape room uh players and guests so they instantly knew like what where to look for clues and whatnot uh and then you have how many times do you have to do an escape room to be qualified as a professional because if i could get paid to do that i think I would. um <laughs> <laughs> it's like real life <laughs> i guess i mean i guess um, maybe maybe not like I feel like the prof like in the terms of professional, I'm talking about like these people are like escape room addicts, but in terms of being like a professional uh, escape room, maybe you're 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 like a consultant. You get hired to test like new escape room experiences and give feedback and constructive criticism. I'm sure there's actually a job for that. So if not, we should create one. Okay, yes. I'm down. Yeah. Um. Then you have uh, some other characters like the dorky, aloof, uh, uh, comic type of character. Then you have, you have like the silent grifter type. Um, am I missing anyone? I think it was. There was the well. Okay, so if you wanna do like, if you wanna uh, make a parallel, uh, Randy from Scream was Larry. That's who he is. He, like, knows the tropes. He un he knows the trends. He knows all the everything and is a really huge nerd. And, like, in Scream, at one point, you begin to suspect him, which I don't know about you, but I did. So, like, from the introduction, like, the way he gets introduced to Alex, and I was like, I don't like this guy. There's something off about him. I suspected him of something. Not of what he ends up being, but I did suspect him of something. So, there's that. Oh, well, there's the, there was the silent guy. There was Tim. Yeah, was that Tim? was, that was Tim. Um, and then you had, uh. You had Nathan, Alex, Larry, Tim, and the goth uh, couple. And then, oh, yeah, Mar Marina and Pitch were, they were the goth edgelord couple. Yeah, okay, yeah, that was it. Um, and then you also had. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll find out his name later. But he also had Jared, and we at, at the beginning of the movie and s sprinkled throughout, um, like especially the first and second acts, uh, we see like Alex uh, being set up with uh, a, like a, a dark past. Um, yeah, like it, the beginning of the film starts out with this this weird fever dream delusional wake, waking state or dream where um, she's overdosing. Uh, and, then, and then later in a conversation with Marina, we find out that she used to be uh, addicted to heroin and that Nathan was her rehab, rehab counselor and that's how they met and that's how they started dating. Which would be really cute if it didn't end up being so creepy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so... 
the first and second acts, the it's basically them acclimating to um, the, the slasher sleep out and getting some pretty pretty fun jump scares, um, and them just progressing through the experience and having a good time. Um, we see that Alex is very adept. Um, she's very smart, and she's figuring out um, the puzzles uh, very quickly, which causes some internal friction, uh, especially with with Pitch, who's trying to take it really seriously and hardcore. Which I thought was also um, like really funny that his name just rhymed <laughs> with bitch because he was being yeah, a little bitch throughout most of this movie. He, uh, yeah. So he he was not likable at all. I guess you always have to have like. We well, always have to have that everything. one person, but yeah. I feel like don't be that guy. Don't be that don't. dick. Um, but yeah. And then, um, then things. Well, the, then the movie starts to set things up as, uh, really upsetting or unsettling and hashtag too real because there was this one recurring character. Um, that, that shows up during the experience and it's trying to sow doubt into the viewers like is this still part of the game or is this like actually happening or is it just like a figment of a uh, imagination for Alex because they the movie tries to set Alex up as an unreliable narrator they, like in between uh, these waking dreams um, of her like, like and, and the fact that like Nathan's uh, asking her like multiple times, did you take your pills? And um, Alex starts to think she's she's th- seeing things or not. Uh, and so one of these characters like is this um, homeless, deranged person, um, and they think it's part of the story uh, where they get like the newspaper clipping saying like there's an escaped mental patient um, that's in, hiding in the woods and was accused of or convicted of killing and burning people alive so they keep seeing this 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 uh this homeless guy and i think on the like the first night uh he comes out of nowhere and he slashes a nathan in the arm um with, with a blade and with a real blade and like Nathan's like ah and like what the hell and um I, I love that. I was like, oh my god, yes, yes, like yes, it's escalating. It's like, yeah, I they actually this. fucking cut him. This is gonna be good. But that's where my theory as to what was happening took that turn, because as soon as Alex looked at the people who had done it before and sat around the campfire with Larry and was like, "Have you ever seen this happen before?" and they're like, "No, not to this extent. It's never real. It's always fake." That's where I was like, okay, I have a feeling I know where this movie is going to go, and I'm not bothered by it at all. In fact, I'm really excited. So I sat there for the rest of the movie, like, like genuinely happy about what was going on. Yeah, and then the, that tension really escalates, especially when Tim was missing like, oh, in the yeah. morning. Oh, yeah! Yeah, so like, af- uh, uh, after the evening, everyone's waking up, then Alex goes over to wake up Tim, and if you remember, Tim is the, the silent grifter kind of ty- uh, kind of archetype. Um, and they find that his stuff is missing, and they f- uh, then the group has to split up to find clues. They have to split up because they found severed fingers with Tim's number missing. 
so so well done it's it's very good and um alex um goes on ahead alone because she was paired up with marina and marina found her, her clue slash finger and they um and alex finds a tree with her number posted on it um and then she she couldn't find her clue for a second and then she looks up and then um drops a blood fall onto like her her like she she went to the bathroom so like it fell onto a roll of toilet paper and then she sees like Tim's body like like bloodied all like hanging in the tree above her um and then she runs back to the group hysterical then she takes it back to the tree and um there Tim's body's nowhere to be found uh there's not even like a trace of blood and her fake clue finger uh was on the ground everyone's like Whoa, are you she's cracked already she should yeah she should say she should say the the, the safe word already um, this, so i, lo- that I love safety this phrase by the way was probably the most ridiculous fucking thing i've ever heard a safe word should be short sweet and like easy to say and it's like aloha uh, welcome to hawaii or something like no, that no it's this aloha from Hawaii something. Hold on. What's this? It, it was like a safety phrase. It had Hawaiian aloha in it. Yeah, it should be just one word. It should be, <laughs> but it's not. Yeah, I, I think it was like uh, aloha, welcome to Hawaii, aloha, I want to go on vacation to Hawaii, or it's something. It's a, it's a long, safe phrase. It really is, and it's fucking stupid. I can't find it anywhere, but that's all it's right. It's okay. It's all right. Um, so after Tim's body goes missing, um, she, Alex is questioning her, um, state of mind and, um, Nathan is, uh, increasingly concerned and we just, the, the viewer gets more questions like, what's up with Alex? Is she okay? Uh, is this all real? Is it like some super elaborate Shutter Island twist reveal ending. Um, what's going on? Which, okay, so here here was where, right about when Nathan gets cut in the arm, I said, okay, if this is getting real, then what if, what if it like start, what if it's like not actually real and she's perceiving it that way because she's obviously on something. Like it got to, when he asked her the second time when they were on the beach after she took her pill already, I was like, those pills are not antidepressants because uh, a, a behavior what is he a behavioral psychologist uh he's like a, a drug rehab counselor or he's like a cognitive cognitive psychologist yeah yes right he would not cognitive behavior psychologist or something yeah he would not have encouraged her to take another one if they had actually i mean we figure like you get to that point but what i'm saying is if he was actually that he wouldn't have done blah 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 blah. and obviously we find out why he encourages her to keep doing it i mean also the, the point like i guess a point against alex i mean yeah she she's questioning herself but at the same time she could just like i mean i don't know i don't know like she could eyeball like how many pills are left in the pill bottle right it's like yeah i clearly had like three pills already and it was like like i don't know logic plot armor <laughs> well yeah 
I also... I also just think that... I really thought that that was the way it was going to go. That it wasn't real and she was perceiving it to be. So she either really hurt this person, really shot this person, all in what she thought was self-defense, but it was actually a game and she just snapped. And I was like, that would be a really interesting premise. And that's, tr honestly, I was watching it thinking that that's exactly what was going to happen. That is not at all what happens. And where it begins to go downhill, and I just, it, it, it really took, it really took me out of the immersion and the world building of the movie, um, where they that they are kidnapped again um by like these these pe these assuming at this point like they're like real slashers um or real crazy people and then they they put some black hoods on them and then they all uh, or Alex um and this third this third guy uh which we find out uh is the guy from the beginning of the film in her dreams is Jared her ex-boyfriend who's also a, a drug addict. And a drug dealer. And that's that's basically her supplier, essentially. And then we also get to see Nathan. And all three of them end up on a beach. Uh, and they, they've set up uh, this saw-like puzzle um, where um, all three of them are chained together um, at the leg with steel wire cabling um and then alex has to uh, make a choice between the lies of nathan and jared um to unlock to unlock and like so how it's set up um there's a giant concrete block and at the, the bottom of the ocean floor like yeah they set this up really really well yeah yeah it was really cool and um and so there was that. There was that. That's a, that's on one side, and uh, there there's a lock on Alex's leg, and then on the other side, um, there's uh, Nathan who who's tied up in like a BDS, BDSM leather straitjacket suit, which was um, so funny. <laughs> it's like it was like okay, that's weird. Like I could not stop laughing. <laughs> um, and then so he's chained up. And there's a, a post in the middle, and there's a key tied to that post, and flanking that post on either side are giant metal spikes. So the um, the object, or like the like the more quandary is, um, in order to create enough slack to get the key, it, one side or the other has to suffer. So like either Nathan gets impaled by the spikes or uh jared has to uh um, drown you know yeah submerge and and like hold his breath and potentially drown um so alex has enough room to get the key um and so this 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 plays out and um nate uh at this point alex didn't realize nathan was there uh when jared started submerging himself so um she, she she's panicking and then at the last second um she drags nathan down um to create enough slack uh and then she runs 
She, first of all, she, okay, for someone you love so much who helped you, like, recover, even though at this point we know she has not been sober, she has been visiting her ex and getting high and doing whatever, she really did not even give the illusion of thinking about that decision. She looked at the beach, looked at Nathan, looked at the beach and said, oh my God, I'm so sorry, and pulled him. And I was yeah. like, wow. And then we see we see that uh, when Alex Alex goes into the, the shallows, um, Jared's, Jared's not even there. Yeah, it's like, oh, so what's going on? It's like, whoa. Um, and it was just like, it was just like the cuff that was around his ankle was just left so perfectly and so neatly, like on top of the stone. I was like, was there anybody really there to begin with? Because I'm still on this line of it's some form of psychosis and it's not as real for her as she thinks it is. And yeah, so that was, yeah, that, that played into like, is this real? Is this not real? And I, I enjoyed that. But like the beach scene just was really jarring and at this point I, I think some of the dialogue was really janky um and feels it, it felt really forced because like uh, at the beginning of the movie um you know they they try planting seeds that like not all is well in paradise like there's like a little bit of like some issues uh going on in between alex and nathan um maybe you got the feeling that nathan set set this up as like a bonding experience and like nathan himself actually said like i didn't trust you to be alone um this weekend yeah it's like this the reason why we're, we're potentially gonna get killed is um it was because it was my fault and i didn't trust you and i'm sorry and then it goes into like this really forced like, oh, I love you. I love you too. Because we're in a time of crisis. And uh, it just didn't play as natural. Didn't really play naturally or like convincingly enough. Um, so that happened. And then. Oh, okay. Ryan, I'm actually. The, the, the third act is so bad. I'm kind of blanking what happened after the beach now. I guess they were. Oh, they, they still have their gear. Yeah. They they still have their gear. She changes. They go back into the woods, and he says, we're going to keep walking with our backs to the ocean, and we'll find something eventually. So it's a- Oh, they also have one of the other party members. Oh, actually, before this, um, we skipped. We skipped it. Yeah, so people start to actually die. Um, like. Uh, Did you forget to talk about that? I think we did. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we did. We totally did. Yeah. So. Oh my god. Okay. So go all the way the fuck back. So after after she finds Tim hanging in a tree and nobody believes her, um, Pitch, whose name rhymes with bitch, um, gets his throat slashed. He got mad, and then. Oh, he 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 get dead. By, by the hobo. The hobo comes out of nowhere. Or, well, Pitch is like, I'm going to go grab the hobo. And he's like, I'm going to be the hero. I'm going to win this game. And the hobo, like, ambitious him and, and knifes him in the neck. Yeah, his girlfriend was like, remember that thing that you do that I'm supposed to remind you about? Yeah, you're doing it right now. And he pulls the gun on her. Um, and then Alex 
makes eye contact with the hobo and he's like puts his finger to her to his lips like shh like don't say anything and pitch sees her face change and he goes what did you see and she's like the man from last night where and she points behind him and then he gets his throat slashed and then he dies and then his girlfriend's like oh my god it's well he gets taken away they don't actually see his body he he gets taken away by the crazy man and then his girlfriend puts um, her hands, like, in his blood. And it's like, oh, my God, it's warm. It's real blood. And it smells like, like blood, yeah. It smells like blood. And she says the safety word. And then she goes running off. Oh, that, we hear, I like, love that scene where she just, like, starts she just repeatedly starts saying. screaming it. And, like, and no one responds. Like, there's, like, no, like, employee, like, steps out of the trees. Or it's like, oh, time out. Now, for, well, for me, I was like, okay, well, if everyone's really dying... If we're playing off the scenario where this is real, then, and it's not in her head, then the safety word gets you to die faster instead of trying to beat everybody else out. So she gonna die. And then she runs off. something in the distance. Yeah, and then she runs off, and then you hear her, like, scream, and, like, or, like, you hear, like, like a knife sound effect or something like that. Yeah. And then it, so then after that, it's just Larry and Nathan and Alex. So now there's three people left, and this is like 45 minutes into the movie, and there's like 45, there's like three people left, and you're like, okay, where are they going to go with this? Larry, quote-unquote, forgets that he has an extra phone tucked away in his sock, which starts to ring. He calls 911. 911 hangs up on him. After he's like, we were doing this, like, slasher sleepaway thing, and now we think it's real. People are actually trying to kill us. Like, please, please come get us, and... Well, where are you? I don't know. We're in the middle of the fucking woods. He was like, there's no need for that kind of language, sir. Okay, I'm sorry. I swore. And she hangs up the phone. Oh, okay, great. And then the quote-unquote killers who call the phone. And he's like, how would you get this number? You have three seconds to put down the phone or die now. Oh, okay. So he goes to put it down and gets shot in the chest anyway. That's when her and Nathan get bagged. She wakes up on the beach. Fast forward to them going back into the woods. And this is nighttime by now. Yeah. yeah, this is nighttime. And um, well, they it's find... All, it's, it's very... The sun's setting at this point. It's very close to nighttime. And um, these people from earlier return to the woods. And there's two of them. And one of them drags Nathan into a hole. And you see blood spurt out. And it gets on her face. And I was like... That was pretty fucking rad. And then she... Oh, I forgot a key part. I'm sorry. Oh, Rewind. well, they, they find they find a costume of, like, one of the crazies. is like, this mask that looks, like, sits together out of human flesh. And it honestly looks hospital. like something Ed Gein did. It was actually... Exactly, pretty, yeah. Pretty creepy. Uh, and there's, there's a lot of, like, Easter eggs and references to other slasher movies and horror culture. So it's not... It's, it's, it was a fun reference. Um... And then she, they they grab that and they put it on. Well, she puts it on um, because there's another slasher in a similar costume, and he's like, "Oh, where where is that? Where's the girl?" And then and then Wham! she yeah she sneaks up on him disguised as the other slasher, knocks him with the plank, and the guy the guy's like, "Wait wait, you're not supposed to fight back." And then and he. Um, like he takes off his mask. He shows that he's wearing a slasher sleep out t-shirt underneath. And he's like, I'm staff. Um, um, I'll take you to base camp right now. And, and then she 
drops her she drops the plank or like the giant piece of wood and she drops her drops her guard and then this guy's like um it, just, it starts attacking her uh and um and he gets the plank and then there's like a brief standoff and then she um fires the gun as to try to scare him off but it seems like there's an actual bullet in there and the the dude like bleeds out and dies right on top of her um yeah and, and then, then she takes at this off. point yeah yeah she takes off um she finds the safe house um well or... she takes off she takes off and then she before she finds the safe house she comes to the road where you see the dumpster from the very beginning of the movie where they got all their backpacks with all their clues for the whole journey. And you're like, oh, okay, great. And then you see sirens. Like, the police came. And I was like, well, the police hung up on her. How would the cops know to show up? Because if cops... Well, if cops think it's a prank phone call, they won't show up. They don't do that, I'm pretty sure. I mean, from what I heard... uh. I mean, if you're in a real situation, the best thing, even if, if it, even if the situation doesn't warrant it, if you say on the phone, like, help, someone has a gun, like, they'll dispatch someone out there. But I, I don't remember if Larry actually said that. I think he just said... No, he didn't say it. He said that people were actually trying to kill them. And she says, well, are there any landmarks nearby? Because she was trying to figure out where they were. And he's like, I don't know, we're in the middle of the woods. Can't you figure that out? He was basically trying to use the stereotype of like, can't you ping for our location and figure figure it out? Which is not the way that works. Yeah. I mean, we'll find out why the police arrived so quickly. But in a, realistically, I mean, they're in the middle of the woods. And it would the, take a while the sirens, to find them. Yeah, the sirens literally, literally started playing like two seconds after... Alex fired the gun. Yeah. Um, so convenient just, timing. Right. It was just like too convenient. And then she, the officer approaches her and is like, I'm going to pat you down. And she bends over the hood and he pats her down. All of a sudden he stops and she turns around and he's on the floor dead. And crazy man is standing there and she takes off. She heads to the, the creepy door. She opens it up. And she finds herself in a in a bar, and then she sees like creepy zombified versions. The safe. Well, she sees. Well, what tipped me off was that she gets to the bar and she sees a postcard that says "Aloha from Hawaii," which was part of the safety word, the safety phrase. And then I was like, "Oh fuck." And then they have posters for Slasher Saturday, Sleepover, whatever. And then all these zombified versions of all the people just start coming after her. And then Nathan's like, chill out, chill out, chill out. It's not real. It's not real. We're all here. We're all fine. And you're like, you ass. Yeah. So this is the first twist. It, it, it was. It definitely was a Shutter Island kind of feel where like it, it was all staged, but it was incredibly realistic. Even Larry was like, you made a great final girl. Final, as, as you all know, a final girl is like a very common trope in a lot of horror movies that I like when they're, when they're done well. Yeah. Uh, also, Larry was a plant. He was, he was a 
He was an inside guy the, the entire time. Um, Which I thought was pretty fucking funny. I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. Um, and we, we got to see later that everyone was really okay and they all had their individual stories. Uh, so Pitch, he wasn't actually killed. Uh, and they used like pig's blood to simulate the the smell of blood and their they had like a little like packet of blood on the underside of the knife so you squeeze it while you drag the knife across you so it looks like you're getting cut i was like that's pretty good yeah and then marina and pitch's other game was like zombie related um tim tim was just just the silent grifter he's just chilling at the bar just just like nodding and waving and it's like oh tim you're silly um, I feel like he might, maybe he was a plant as well. I don't know. They didn't really. No, I just think he's sort of like, oh, he might, he might've worked there. He might've been a plant. They didn't really like spend too much time on him. Um, and then, uh, Nathan drops the knowledge bomb saying that, uh, um, uh, oh yeah, this was. Well, actually, no. Well, okay, okay. Well, mm. he already told her that Graham wasn't sick; that he did it in an That's effort right. to yeah. uh, bring them closer together. Um, and he just like checks with her to make sure like she's not mad, and he's like, it, "Are you like, are you okay?" And then they get in the car and they start to drive away, and you see that she's texting somebody on her phone because at this point, while they're in the bar, you're like, "Well, now wait a minute." If they were all in on it at one point or another, how did they get the drug dealer? Where did where did Jared? Yeah, where's from? Jared? Where he at? <laughs> so she even says like, "Is this everybody?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is everybody." She asked the guy that she actually hit in the head with the with the plank. And in the car on the way back, you see that she's texting somebody, and you're like, "Well, it has to be Jared." And it, uh, if you notice carefully on her phone, it's just messages. Messages she is sending. Send. He's no, not answering. Yeah, no one. Yeah, no one responded back, and she sent like an entire, I don't know, like six or seven texts sent to him. Yeah, or the person. Yeah. So Nathan asks if it's cool to like pull over, and they do, and she gets out. He gets out of the car. She gets out of the car, and she starts calling him, and then you hear the phone ringing, and you're like, oh, this isn't over. And then, and then they, there was foreshadow in the beginning when they first parked the car um, at the beginning of the film while going to the Slasher Sleepout meetup point. Um, she's walking away from the car and then she thought she heard a thumping from the trunk and then she didn't think of it anymore. And then now she's trying to call Jared and... She hears the, the, the yeah. She hears the the ringtone from coming to the truck. She opens it up, and there we have uh, Jared, super drugged up and tied up. Uh, and then uh, there's the second twist, which doesn't seem it seems so wildly out of character for Nathan. Oh my god! It it really it also does just it doesn't add anything to the movie. It just makes it overly complicated. It doesn't. It makes some serious log- uh, logical, or yeah, logical leaps in the story. So, like, I get what they were trying to do. It just it didn't work. Yeah. So basically, we find out Nathan was the mastermind. Not only did 
he arranged for Alex to um, come on this trip. He arranged... Like Oh, yeah, because his friend Graham isn't sick. He actually owns the Slasher Sleepaway. Yeah. And he's like, like, oh, yeah. And, uh, shindig. It's like, we can yes, Sla Slasher Sleepaway has all these resources. We can, like, kidnap people, and it's fine. We have the best lawyers ever. So, so he's, like, again, going back to, like, Shutter Island and, like, Saw in, in some respects, um, he sets up this, this entire weekend was an elaborate plot for Nathan to test Alex to see who she really loves and who she is really loyal to because Nathan found out that she's still been sneaking off uh, with, with Jared, getting high, and, uh, and, and just not... not and, I, and, and, and just lying to Nathan. Nathan's, Nathan's fragile e ego can't take it. And he's like, well... Why well, I gotta resort to a Saul style murder house ex extravaganza? Yeah, what did he say? He said, um, the drug that she was taking is an antidepressant. He was like, that's weird. This week they're white. Last, oh no, this month they're white. Last month they were green. What are they? Yeah, it's, it's, it's oxycotton. So she's obviously not really clean and he's not too pleased about that. Um, of course, his fragile male ego is so relieved when she's like, no, I choose you. Like, I do love you. Because she, she does really want to be better. Like, she doesn't want to have an addiction. And she knows that, like, being with someone like a Nathan is a safer choice for her. Yeah, but I think what Nathan doesn't like is, like, well, I, 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 I mean, maybe there's actual love. But, like, the way that Nathan treats her, no. It's like, uh, I mean... Alex, Alex and Nathan are both, they're, they're not, both not good people. I mean, Alex, her motivations for dating, like, uh, she was talking to Marina. She's like, I, Nathan provides me stability, um, and, which is, which is great, which is good. Cause like, you know, she's trying to get sober, but at the same time, I don't, I don't, it, it puts a damper on like, like on how genuine her emotions are for Nathan or not. Cause she's still going back to Jared, um. Who knows? Um, this is where the real kicker is. She truly becomes the last final girl because Nathan chokes her, she passes out, and then she ends up killing him, and that's how the movie ends. The movie ends with her just, like, alone. Knifing, knifing Nathan in the she stomach stabbed over, him and over and over and over. And she times. I counted. Yeah, and then, and then she ends up screaming into like the some heavens. apocalypse like, now shit, like a down on her knees, like screaming yeah. to the like <laughs> upwards into the ether, and like that's that's part I was really upset. Like they could have really done some, they could have gone in twelve million different directions. They just went in the thirteenth wrong way. Yeah, it was a, uh, interesting collage oh yeah it had like shutter island saw and like some slasher movies honestly it was such a love letter to horror fans yeah you they, they murdered they, it they, they ruined it way. i loved it too uh it's just like the the slop like i don't know maybe it was just 
they wanted a twist ending for the sake of a twist ending. It's like, uh. Don't be M. Night Shyamalan after sign. But that's that, that's how the movie ended. Um, yeah, man. Again, I think they totally jumped the shark in the end. It's like, uh, I mean, I, I don't. I, I'm trying to think of of how they could end it differently without leaving such such a disappointing taste in their mouth. It just. Well, they could have ended it with. Uh... Well, a real, if they were going to cheap out on the ending, which they could have, um, more so than they already did, if they wanted to really cheap out, they could have ended it with her waking up from another drug over, overdose. Because you keep seeing her wake up from those flashes of her ODing. Um, so you could have had that. You could have had where I thought it was going to go, where she's actually uh, psychotic. And she had a break, and it wasn't real, except she thought it was, and that becomes her own issue. Um, or you could have ended it with, like, the like the people that run it are actually, like, some group of psychos who do it as, like, they advertise it as, like, a game, but every, like, fifth group of people, they actually kill them or something. Oh, yeah, so, like, the last shot is... Like a new group of slasher sleepouts yeah. arriving. Uh, yeah. There you go. Okay, I just thought cool. three different endings. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's what. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like there are a million and one different ways. Like you could have gone. Like I really think that the real cheap way for them to have done it would have been like the whole thing was like a was like a drug induced. Od. And then like the people, except for Nathan, that appear in her fever dream are, are either like mental patients or other staffers or nurses exactly like there was yeah. a way you could have done it and yes that would have been just as disappointing but it wouldn't have been as disappointing as the ending they gave us and it really like it really makes me upset to say something negative about something that's on shutter um just because i have a bias and i love you guys so much but i just i was so i was just so like uh, I, I i just wanted the ending to be something different but it really was what i do appreciate was that it it really was like a true love letter to horror fans. Yeah. Which I can appreciate. I mean, I I think I think the 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 skeleton the skeleton and the meat was there, but then like you just had to like just tweak tweak like the other fixings, like a one like a couple of those plot points and that third act, uh yeah. Clean that shit right up. Yeah, clean it up. But I don't know. I, I when when it comes to like like a verdict or whether or not I re recommend this, I I I would I still know. recommend it. I because if you like horror, I, you should I, still watch it as a fan of the genre. Yeah. I feel like I I I would recommend it to people who already are horror fans and slasher fans because they can get like the meta and the jokes and the references but i wouldn't recommend it to like a newbie to horror yeah um, definitely not but, um anything else about the movie um so well i i will say like i said they they do a lot of what i felt was like good homages to the horror genre like some of those special effects weren't 
weren't great, but they didn't bother me because it reminds you of like the like cheap B, punk rock, like, like B horror with the yeah. bad special effects, but you still love the movie. It's kind of like that. So like that didn't yeah. even bother me. Mm-hmm. So that's where I stand. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, so I think this would be a good time to introduce our spoopy segment for today. So Ryan, obviously this slasher sleep out, or at least this iteration of it run by Nathan fell, fell flat. Uh, and we could do better. So actually we're, we're going to create a competitive, uh, or we're we're, going to create our own slasher, slasher sleep out. So we can, so we can put the other one out of business and we can have a monopoly in the market. Uh, Ryan, what would your Slasher Sleepout premiere debut uh, event would be? If I had to do this, I feel like I would do a Cabin in the Woods style like slasher adventure. Because the whole thing of Cabin in the Woods was like they had to pick the way they die. So I would kind of want the same thing. Like, you don't just follow a set of rules. Like, each, like, a person that picks a thing has its own set of outcomes. That way it's sort of unpredictable because you don't know how people, like, what people are going to do. And that way it's different every time. Now, if we're talking, like, in terms of realness, that's the way I would do it. If we're talking in terms of, like, horror movie, I would, I would want everyone to die. And have, like, the people who run it, like, usher in a new group of people. And you're like, well, are they going to die? Are they going to live? What's going on? So that's the movie version. But the real version, I would love to see a situation sort of like Cabin in the Woods where you sort of... It's kind of like choose your own adventure in a way. like, But unknowingly, like, choosing your own adventure. Each thing that you do has a different outcome. That way, if you go back and try and do it again, you're not going to do the same thing twice. And I feel like... If you do something like that, there are so many different outcomes. There's no way you could possibly do the whole thing. You would have to mark down every single decision you make going through it to then go back and do it again and not do that one. You know what I mean? That's that's my ideal scenario. That would be really... It would be hard to do, but I think it's doable with the right group of people. If we had unlimited resources, I feel like that is a thing you could pull off, especially with the amount of people in the horror community that like might enjoy something like that. So that's cool. That's me. um for me, I would do. It's not so much like a pseudo generic slasher experience, but it's this one's very targeted. It's very, very. It's it's basically lifting off. Um, it's, it's, basically, it's basically adapting like a movie and or IP into an actual uh, specific horror experience. So I would I would totally get one of my favorite comic book writers, uh, Ben Templesmith, to help me run this. Um, so I would love to do a winter time themed event. Um, based on 30 Days of Night, which is like one of my all-time favorite comic book. Uh, yes, and then, well, so the, for those who don't know uh, or haven't heard of 30 Days of Night, basically um, in certain parts of the world, like 
in the, like for instance, in Barrow, Alaska, they have weird timey-wimey issues based on like geography and the sun. And here in Alaska, um, the sun does not rise for 30 days or a month. Um, so the people of Alaska, so, uh, a lot of them move away. Some of them stay and they live in permanent darkness. Um, so in this, what in the comic book series, and they also made uh, a couple of movies based on that. Um, so during this particular instance of uh, like this month without sun, uh, a pack of vampires cuts the town completely off from the rest of the world. So they like destroy all modes of transportation. They burn every cell phone and satellite phone. They kill uh, sled dogs. They destroy like a helicopter. Um, so they're completely isolated and they go on a feeding frenzy. So obviously you can't have a, well, I guess you could, I guess for like the most hardcore, hardcore people, but uh, I would have a slasher sleep out in some winter location. Um, uh, maybe for like 40 hours or maybe like three or four days max. I, I, I mean, if it's going to be like a full month, that, that'll be like a very premium um, pricing and I feel like not a lot of people can take off a month to do a slasher sleep out event like that but maybe like two or three days um, uh, it would be a similar setup where we would craft oh I would craft a, a alongside Ben with who uh, we will work together to create like a perfect replica of Barrel Alaska uh, you will have like a town then you have like a power station and then you'll have like an airfield or something like that, um, and you you play out the movie uh, as a resident of, of Barrow, Alaska. So um, maybe like the first the first day, um, you just go about role playing on, uh, your life uh, as a uh, Alaskan, and then weird shit starts to happen like people uh, like like the power goes out and like um you're told you can't leave and uh and then you have actors uh start showing up as vampires and um some of the people in the group might be plants uh, some of them are actually real and you know people start disappearing and then they sh they show up as uh, in vampire makeup and then yet yeah, maybe some you could follow the story to the T. Personally, I would love to throw in some like weird Gonzo stuff. Like, um, you like there's like a secret underground lab underneath this Alaskan town, and you find out like the town itself created the 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 vampires through some weird scientific disease, and that's how the outbreak happens. I don't know. I I just want like. Okay, wait, wait. Then I have one question: Who's Josh Hartnett at the end? They're a plant, right? Like you get to watch someone turn and then sit and like die. Yes, yes. We'll, we'll, this will be a in the near near future. I'm 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 putting a timeline about a year <laughs> where we can we can we can simulate uh, the effects of of like UV destruction uh, turning into ash CGI, and then we can we can put them back together. It'll be fine. It'll be great. <laughs> It's very ambitious, Ryan. I, I'm sorry. I just, I, I wanted to happen. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. 
Okay, so I want to wrap this up with just general horror news that by the time this airs, it won't be like newsy news. Like everyone knows this already, but I watched the trailer for it yesterday. I feel like sharing it now. Horror comedy coming to us in October, I believe. We have Simon Pegg and Nick Frost coming back to us in a horror comedy capacity with Slaughterhouse Rules. And I could not be more excited. I can't wait to go see it when it comes out. I will buy tickets. Um, yeah. And I'm both nervous and excited for all the hype that is currently surrounding the remake of Suspiria. Um, I believe that is slated to and come we're, out. In we're doing an episode about that. We too. we are gonna do uh, an episode about Suspiria, but I think in preparation for the remake, we're definitely gonna have to do uh, an Argento episode because he is one of the horror greats. So we're definitely gonna cover that. But I am both nervous and very excited with everything that's surrounding the Suspiria remake. I mean, it looks like it's gonna be amazing and bloody and appropriate something that i feel like argento might be proud of so we'll see we'll see but we're definitely going to do that episode somewhere down the line before the suspiria remake comes out so i'm excited about that and even though i'm jumping the gun here october is going to be a spoop fest and i cannot wait we have a lot of stuff planned for october like a lot we of do. stuff. Um, it's gonna be really great. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, I'm so excited and like you know like the Halloween remake it's is coming out. It's not a remake. Then and we we have. It's a sequel. Oh okay, well, I'm sorry. It's a true it sequel. It, it ignores it, it, okay, like. Okay. What the, I love the, about this is set. it's a true sequel to the first Halloween movie. It takes place what like 40 years later, but it has little nods to every single Halloween movie that has come after it, which I'm like, I see what you did there. I approve. Thank you. Like, also a super badass Jamie Lee Curtis. And yeah, I was like, it's like, yes, she, she, she got the Sarah Connor treatment and it's like, I love it. Please. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for all, all that good jazz and stuff. Um, if you want to keep along with our next episode, our next episode, we have something special for you guys and something special for us too. Like it's so special. We're not going to tell you what it's about. Oh, okay. Well then I just, I just jumped the gun. Never mind. <laughs> That's why I just sort of like jumped in there. We're not, we're, it's, it's special for us. And it's special for you guys, so we're going to keep it... We'll keep it close to the we're best. We're going to keep it close to the best. For yeah. now. Um, or we won't. I don't yeah, know. So that... well, you'll have to find out. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it, but it, uh, if you're curious, you know, you can you can prepare yourself. So what you can do is you can uh, follow us on our social media. So you can go to Twitter um, and and follow us at Left Your Dread Pod. Um, you can also go to uh follow us on instagram left left you can follow us on instagram left left for dread pod um, instagram facebook twitter yeah. gmail contact us yep. yeah please do um we are and... working on getting a website up and running at some point so stay tuned for that 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if this is your first time listening to an episode of Left for Dread, well, well, welcome, Hi. welcome to the to the dreadful party. Uh, we didn't and, introduce ourselves uh, please... at the beginning of this episode. Well, we did it. Oh well, I mean. Hi. Better late than never. That's Chris. (laughs) And I'm Ryan. This is the end of the show. (laughs) This welcome to the end. Um, This is the end. And uh, yes, yes. Um, but it's not the end of the. This is the end of the episode, but it's not the end of the show. The the spoop fest. So so to continue on, uh, just hit that. A subscribe button uh subscribe to us on any podcast player of your choice so, um but if you're listening to us specifically on itunes um please leave us a, a review and a like and uh give us some con- constructive criticism and if, if you leave us a uh, five stars in a review uh we have a bunch of awesome leopard dread stickers that we would love to send you as a token of our appreciation and thanks for for checking us because out. here's the thing you like us, we like you, we give you stickers. You might get something else later on down the line. I'm just saying. So, you know, tell friends. And like, yes, and, and these stickers are great. They're so shiny. So tell your friends, I tell your family, tell your... <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we, we love doing this show and we love horror. And if you're a newbie or a veteran, uh, we... we we love that you're listening to us, and we'd love to have you be part of our community. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so tired. I got I that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go crawl into my sleeping bag, and I hope I don't get killed. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, uh, until our next uh, slasher sleep out extravaganza. <laughs> Um, stay dreadful. <laughs> <laughs>